step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Welcome in to the best in paranormal programming. This is Darkness Radio. I'm your host, Tim Dennis. Boy, I am hyped for today's show. You know, we talk about the holidays, and I, I know a lot of you might, uh, you shouldn't have holiday fatigue yet. Come on, folks. We shouldn't be in holiday fatigue yet. We just got out of Halloween. I mean, we're we're all still munching on Halloween candy, so that's that's good. We've turned the corner and we're looking at Thanksgiving. I know a lot of you are kind of skipping over Thanksgiving, getting to Christmas. You, we're going to talk about Christmas in a little bit here with our guest, Jeff Belanger. But first, I want to take a quick pit stop at Thanksgiving because I did see Eli Roth's Thanksgiving. We'll get to Jeff in just a second. He's waiting patiently. Let's talk about Eli Roth's Thanksgiving briefly. I did see it last night. And let me tell you something, folks. Depending on if what trailer you watched, you may be trepidatiously waiting for this thing or you might be really excited. I'll tell you this much. If you're excited for this movie, you have a reason to be. I I I thought it was pretty good. It, it's uh, let me break it down for you just real quick and then we'll get to Jeff here. It has a really good premise. The premise is this, you know, on Thanksgiving, we it, it balances a little bit of greed and on Thanksgiving, you know, the whole keeping stores open uh, on Thanksgiving versus versus the whole family and 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 keeping ourselves together motif and and whether we're a little too close together on thanksgiving and you'll know what i mean when you see the movie but basically with with thanksgiving the premise is this it's it, it takes place in the birthplace of thanksgiving which is plymouth massachusetts and after a black friday riot ends in tragedy at the right mart which is <clears throat> kind of like a certain chain that we all know, uh, a mysterious Thanksgiving-inspired killer by the name of, uh, oh gosh, I'm trying to remember what his name is. It was brilliant. John Carver, that's what it is. John Carver terrorizes Plymouth, Massachusetts, the birthplace of the infamous holiday. Now, John Carver is basically taking after these teenagers who sneak into the right mart before everybody else gets in to get their free waffle iron. Yes, you wouldn't believe that a riot starts over a waffle iron or a free waffle iron, but that's how everything begins. And then we're off and going. The riot scene, I'll give Eli Roth this, the riot scene is something to behold. And it is probably one of the best riot scenes you'll ever see in a horror movie. <laughs> in that it has ironic humor, and yet at the same time, it is mwah, chef's kiss, a beautiful thing of, of gore. Um, and there is 
your jump scares, your classic jump scares. There's your classic gore. There's your classic schlocky humor. And it's everything that brings you back to the classic 80s horror films that you've always wanted. People magazine's uh, sexiest man of the year and uh, Grey's Anatomy star Patrick Dempsey's in this. He's wonderful in this. He's, uh, he's everything you want him to be as the sheriff in this movie. Gina Gershon is in this, Rick Hoffman. It's got a wonderful cast. They all deliver. Some great acting in this movie, more so than you would normally get in a horror movie. With that, I'll say for a horror movie, I would give this three and a half stars out of five. For a regular movie that would appear on the November docket, probably three out of five. So yeah, I'd go see this for full price. But much like Thanksgiving dinner... I would take my one plate and be done with it and push myself away from the table. I don't think I'm going back for seconds. So there you go. That's that's what I thought of Thanksgiving. It's a good movie. Um, I'd enjoy it once. I think what Eli Roth tried to do with this is he tried to make a movie, and, and he may succeed with a lot of you, that you can watch, if you're not a big fan of football, that this can be your Thanksgiving tradition. You know, you've got a good horror movie you could watch year in and year out on Thanksgiving. And if you like this, and this may be your movie for Thanksgiving, this may be your Thanksgiving Day tradition. The new movie Thanksgiving from Eli Roth opens today, Thursday, in theaters near you. Go check it out. Let's get to our guest today. Our guest is a good friend of the show, Jeff Belanger. He's an author, podcaster, storyteller, adventurer, and explorer of the unexplained. He's written more than a dozen books that have been published in six languages. He's the Emmy-nominated host, writer, and producer of the New England Legends series on PBS and Amazon Prime. He provides programs and lectures to audiences all over the world. Uh, he's been to Monk Kilimanjaro, and he's written a book about it. It's a fantastic book that you should check out. He's also been the writer and researcher for every episode of Ghost Adventures on the Travel Channel. Jeff has made media appearances on hundreds of radio and television programs over his 25 years, including this one, and has a passion for mysteries and legends. He's got a brand new book out there, and it is a wonderful book, folks, called The Fright Before Christmas, Surviving Krampus, and Other Yuletide Monsters. We're talking about it today. Ladies and gentlemen, let's welcome back to Darkness Radio, Jeff Belanger. How you doing, Jeff? Tim, I'm very good. Uh, Feliz Navidad and all that other stuff. I, I hope you are surviving the holidays. I am. And now you have me in the mood for nachos, buddy. <laughs> yes, yeah, just... you're welcome. Now, now <laughs> I think of Jose Feliciano and, and, and yeah. now I'm singing the Taco Bell. No, I'm saying yeah. Taco John's, not Taco Bell. Taco John's song. Have you, do you know, are you familiar with the Taco John's deal? I'm uh, not. I'm not. No, no. I'm about to introduce you to a Christmas tradition, my friend. Here, I'm ready. Here in the Midwest, every Christmas, we get bombarded, and it's already started, it, it, right before Thanksgiving, we get the Taco John's, Jose, Jose Feliciano actually does the jingle, he, oh, uses, he uses Feliz Navidad to sell nachos for Taco John's. Uh, as one would. I mean, <laughs> right? I mean, it is a... It seems like a slam dunk. It, well, yeah, uh, and mean, and it's it's uh, and he sings. I want to wish you a merry Christmas from the bottom of my heart, and then sings Taco Johns, uh, <laughs> and it is the most irritating thing. But it's been going on for twenty years. Oh, that's beautiful. Is it, so it's a tradition. It is, a tra and, and, yeah. and what is a tradition but something that we do over and over again, and very rarely ask why. Yeah, exactly. Although I've never seen him perform it on stage, <laughs> and, nor will you. 
and I've never seen him bother Sting with it. So there you go. <laughs> right. Yeah. Sting's like, we got to do a collab one of these days. And he's yeah. like, I got it. How do you feel about tacos? <laughs> I love tacos. Have you I got ever, a song. Have you no. ever seen the video of Sting sitting there listening to, oh, oh I've, I'm going to send you this video. I see the look All in right. your eye like you haven't seen it. Have you ever seen the video of Sting sitting there and, and listening to him do a cover of a police song? Oh, is it painful? It is. And, it, it, and Sting's probably like, well, he can't see me. Oh, that's rude. <laughs> oh, that's, yeah. that's awful. I'm, I'm sorry. But Sting, and, and Sting hates it. He absolutely hates it. He's sitting there yeah. going, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God. And you, you could tell he's cringing. Yeah. But but Jose can't. Um, but he's, he's, yeah, he's just going, oh, God, please, please kill me now. But He's just wincing throughout the entire performance, and it's beautiful. Right. It's a thing of beauty. I'll have to see it. Yeah, I'll, I'll send you the video. It's it's wonderful. Jeff, first of all, my friend, I have to compliment you on this book uh, from beginning to end. It's a beautiful book, just inside and out. Um, Thank you. The the outside, first of all, hardbound. Uh, the pages are nice and thick, glossy. The is this a foil embossed cover? That, that yes, sir. That is foil. Oh my gosh! And no. that is real gold, is like it re- color. Oh, real gold color. Okay, I was gonna say, geez, that, that is authentic gold color. It even has <laughs> a, a ribbon bookmark to to mark your place. I mean, this thing is. I feel like this is too good of a book for me to read. <laughs> well, you know, no? you're supposed to leave it out on your, your coffee table around the holidays. And if your friends are horribly offended, you know, they shouldn't be friends with you. Right. And if they're like, cool, what's this? Then, you know, those are your people. I guess. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a litmus test that you can just leave out all holiday season. I, right. I, right. I, when, when you first sent me out the book, I went, this is too good for me. I can't, I don't know if I can pick it up. I, I've put on gloves first when I read it. I, I, <laughs> well, it is a first edition. It is. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And hold on to it because they're gone. Yeah. You told me that. I uh, know. Like that, that is a first edition. And, and uh, I just heard from the publisher yesterday. Now they're still out there. So there, uh, Amazon has a big supply and, and all the various chains and distributors have their supply, but the warehouse has nothing left. The demand far exceeded what uh, everybody thought. So, um, so that's really great. So the response has been pretty awesome so far. That's amazing. You know, I, and we're going to jump into some of the contents of the book here shortly. It just, it's, it's amazing the appeal in recent times of some sure. of the Christmas monsters, because we think of the industry that is Christmas, the industry that is Christmas is this juggernaut, right? And we start yep. with black Friday and we've already started black Friday, which drives me up a wall. Yeah. Um, what, I mean, before Halloween, we had black Friday deals now and, and it was grab your app, grab your phone. Here it is. We've, we've got black Friday deals and you point out eloquently in the book, Black Friday was supposed to be a stimulus. And, and explain to people, the Black Friday stimulus was was come up when? So, oh, that that don't that goes back. Um, so, a, a National Day of Thanks was put forth by President Abraham Lincoln, mm-hmm. and it was the last Thursday in November. That changed um, in the early 1900s when retailers were saying, "Hey, look, we need more Christmas shopping time," and so it was moved to the fourth Thursday in November, which sometimes is also the last Thursday, but the fourth Thursday, making sure there's as much shopping time as possible because what's good for the economy is good for America. And so this is a much more modern thing. Santa Claus, the consumerism, the commercialism of Christmas really only goes back a a little less than a century to the Great Depression 
that's when the Coca-Cola company of all people came up with this idea that, you know, hey, we could take this Santa Claus figure and we could use it to sell Coke. You could, we could use him. Uh, and, and it worked and everybody bought Coca-Cola sales spiked. And then the following year, every single business that sells, I don't know, anything from cars to pizzas to donuts to whatever was like, wait a minute, we could get the world's biggest celebrity to endorse our products for free. And then everybody started using Santa. And that was the moment. That was the moment in time when all the scary monsters that had been part of this holiday for millennia uh, were sort of pushed back into the dark corners, into the, the shadows of the holiday. And there they stayed, but they're coming back. And they've been coming back for the last, I don't know, decade or so. I mean, they, they've yeah. been really making a resurgence. Krampus by far the most famous because yeah. he got a movie deal, you know? Right. Um, right. I mean, you know, when you start getting movie deals, you blow up. So now does the movie deal come from a need for now? This is, this is a six and one half dozen of the other. Does the movie deal come from a lack of scary monsters out there or lack of material to draw off of? Or does the movie deal come from the fact that we need, we need something different in our Christmas? Do you know what I'm saying? It's, it's, it's probably both and more really, if you think about it. So on the one hand, uh, I think a lot of do you ever have a drink that was just too sweet? Yeah. You know oh, what yeah, I mean? yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 You're like, right. Oh God. Vanilla you know? Coke. I have one in front of me. <laughs> right. So, yeah. so I, I'm like, you know, you, sometimes you have a drink at like a cocktail or something and you're like, Whoa, I just, it's too sweet. Mm -hmm. I think Christmas got too sweet and drifted too far away from where it was supposed to be. It was literally born in darkness. The whole holiday is based on the winter solstice. That's what this has always been about. The the shortest day and the longest night, the cold, dangerous season that's coming uh, in front of us where we got to hunker down and we got to we got to stay safe and we got to look out for each other. It's the only way we get through that season. Mm -hmm. And so I think Christmas got so sweet that we needed to bring these monsters back and bring back the traditions. And if you also think about it, the holiday, what, how you're supposed to feel about Christmas, feel now, right. was, was dictated to you by a ghost story. One of the greatest ghost stories ever penned by a master, Charles Dickens, mm -hmm. who wrote A Christmas Carol. This story is about Scrooge, who is haunted by his past, his present, and his potential future because he's cranky, he's old, he's miserly, he's just humbugging everything, right? Mm -hmm. But but if he gets himself into the darkest of places, only then can you see the light. And I think we needed to bring that darkness back so we could find the light in Christmas again. And that's, I mean, that's that's it. That's That's what this comes down to. And those monsters help us do it. Those monsters remind us that there's dangerous stuff out there. The elements could kill us. Our fellow humans can be monsters, right? They are lurking and 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 they, they we need them. We have summoned them forth again and it's only getting bigger and bigger. The Krampus movie is just one tiny example in the list of many that have been coming around uh, over the last decade. It's just getting bigger. This Krampus walks now, this Krampus, uh, Krampuses are showing up in small town Christmas parades, you know, yeah, and, yeah, uh, yeah. and then there's all the other characters are coming back, um, whether it's in pop culture references like uh, Christmas Chronicles 2 on Netflix mm -hmm. or The Office when Dwight Schrute dressed up as Belchnickel, yes. you know, yes. like this, this stuff is coming back because I guess we need it. And that's a collective decision. We, I, you know, that wasn't up to me. That was up to all of us. You know, the world continues to get a little colder and crueler. I mean, have we always been fooling ourselves that that, that maybe, because you do look at the, the times you write about here, 
in everywhere from 1500 to well even before that but but in the times that you're focusing in here in the book um from the 1500s to now or even earlier than that when you're talking about saturnalia and and in those festivals and then you come to current day did it ever get lighter and then get darker because it feels like right now you want to talk about dark times we're in dark times let's face it sure but it seems also like when you talk about these these festivals rituals things that we lean on to lighten up dark times do we really are we really focused as much as we used to be on on festivals and rituals and things that get us through these dark times? So it's funny you say that. This whole adventure for me began because I was going through a ritual, a ritual I knew nothing about uh, and and was really um, upset at having to perform. Mm -hmm. And that ritual took place early December about 10 years ago, I live in Massachusetts and it was a cold December day and I was hanging lights on my my bushes and stuff out in front of the house. Half of them don't work from last year. I don't know why. Mm-hmm. I'm putting the stupid wreath up, all plastic, all fake, on my front door and the little crafting wire that holds it to the door knocker broken. It fell to the ground and I just, you know, screamed humbug. I didn't say humbug. <laughs> no, I, no. I swore like a sailor, right? <laughs> and, and I'm just like, why am I performing this ritual that I have performed every year that my dad performed, that my dad's dad performed? Okay, sure, it looks pretty. I don't want the neighbors to think like, oh, we're the only house that doesn't have Christmas lights. I got a kid. So, of course, it's the, it's got to look great for her. Yeah. But why? Why? It's a ritual. It is a ritual, and I knew nothing about it. And so I started asking questions like, why do I do the lights? Why do I do the wreath? Why the evergreen? Why December 25th? Why Santa Claus? Why do we go in a hawk for this thing? Why Christmas carols? Why the songs? Why the stories? Why the movies? Why, 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 why? And that was, and and once I started looking into it and once I broke the holiday down, I went, oh, there's a reason for all of this. And when you know the reason, when you know it's not just going through the motions, it means something, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Uh, The evergreen, for example, is, is, I think, just a beautiful story. Our ancestors looked out on the bleakest of landscapes. We, We got it soft today, man. Tim, I know times are tough, but let's face it. We got DoorDash. We got delivery. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It, it doesn't matter how cold it is. Someone will brave the elements to bring us a pizza, you know, or, or, right. or booze or whatever. Right. Go, yeah. Just go back 100 years, just one century. Right. Okay. It's a whole different picture. Go back two or three centuries. Oh my gosh, forget it. You are petrified uh, of this season. You look out on your landscape and you see that winter kills everything. Winter kills the grass. It kills the flowers. It kills the trees. They're naked and skeletal, right? It kills the the water. The the ponds and lakes are frozen solid, and and it kills everything. But there's one tree that it doesn't kill. It doesn't kill the evergreen, right? Mm-hmm. The evergreen is stronger than winter, so it must be magical. It must be powerful. So we take those branches and we put them over our doors and our windows. We bring the tree inside to remind us that that we need strength, the strength of the evergreen to get through this this brutal season. Um, and, 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 and also we hear sounds at winter that we don't hear the rest of the year, you know, the, the, that, that screeching howling sound outside, you don't hear that in the spring or the summer or the fall. No. (laughs) Is it just the wind? Maybe. Or is that like spirits screeching and crying out, telling us how scary it is out there. So we put those needles out there. So the prickly needles keep the spirits and the bad cheer out and the good cheer and the warmth in. And we light the candles. We illuminate because it's a long, dark night. We illuminate our homes as a beacon because if your roof collapses under the snow and you need shelter, 
you're, I want you to be able to find my home because I would need you to do the same for me if the roles were reversed. There's meaning behind all of it. And we lost our way. This holiday used to be the most inclusive one there is. You know, like it didn't matter what you believed or didn't believe. If you lived in a place where winter was rough, be an atheist, be a Buddhist, be anything you want. Mm -hmm. We got to look out for each other. Right. True. We, we, we might have to share food. We might have to share supplies and resources, fuel to burn, to keep warm. Uh, it, 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 it included everybody. Saturnalia included everybody. Yule included everybody. And, and Christmas used to, <laughs> yeah, yeah. but, but it's, uh, it's been religiousized only in the last couple of decades, only since like the 1980s, really. I mean, Christianity was at war with Christmas from about 336 AD until like 1978, uh, give or take, you know, um, they hated Christmas because it's completely pagan. But then suddenly they said, nope, it's our holiday. It was always ours. And um, but all those pagan roots survive all of those elements, all those those cultural influences from so many different countries and places uh, still survive, whether it's giving gifts, baking, making mulled wine, singing carols, putting up the tree, putting a wreath on your door, lighting the lights. All of that stuff comes from other beliefs. Um, but it's kind of beautiful that they still sort of shine through. It's amazing what gets co-opted in order to become yours so that you can get people to buy in to what it is you're doing. Right. Um, and, and, I'm, and by the way, I'm, I'm not anti-religious. No, 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 no. But uh, yeah. And, and if you are a Christian, I invite you to celebrate the birth of Jesus any day of the year you want. And December the 25th is as good as any other. Sure. If you believe the Bible, I promise you that's not when he was born. Mm -hmm. um, because uh, the only clue we get in the Bible as to the birth of Jesus is in Luke chapter 2, where it says shepherds lay out by night with their flock and the angel of the Lord appeared and they were terrified. And in Bethlehem, this, there's only one season of the year where they don't stay out all night. That's winter. <laughs> so that's the only season you can rule out, right? I right. mean, the rest is on the table. Um, but but the birth of Jesus is not important to Christianity because literally everyone is born. Um, mm -hmm. Christianity doesn't hinge at all on the Christmas story. It's why it doesn't get a lot of ink in the Bible. It's mm -hmm. very, he was born a commoner. Commoners don't keep track of their birthdays. Um, it was it was the death and resurrection, Easter. That yes. that is the whole linchpin of Christianity. That's the big holiday. Yep. But you wouldn't know it, you know, when you look at where we spend the money and put the most, uh, you know, time and effort and energy throughout the year. Um, so, so really, that's that's why. So it's not anti-religious, but that is not the reason for the season. That's not where it came from. It came from millennia of celebrations around the solstice, where you take in the harvest, things slow down, you, you got idle time on your hands. You're, you know, you're you, the wine is made, the beer is made. You slaughter the animals because they'll keep, you know, in the frozen winter. Yeah, and we feast and we party and we we give gifts to each other. We try to put our differences aside because we're going to need to help each other to get through this winter. One of the things that absolutely, uh, I don't want to say it, it, it turned my stomach or it, it threw me on edge, but it threw me for a loop a little bit, Jeff. I'm not going to lie. Um, we talk about those Nordic traditions and you brought up evergreens. And if you would, could you just, could you just tell people, I already know. I already know what you're, you're asking. You know where Can I'm I going? Just run with it from here, please. Yes, please. I know the play, Coach. Okay. I got this. <laughs> please do. Yeah, if you would take the ball right. run with it, son. <laughs> so, so the evergreen is so sacred that when uh, you know in, in the winter you need to hunt. Mm -hmm. You need to hunt to supplement your diet, and uh, so you go out and if you you happen to get lucky and get a, an elk or a deer or something like that. Once you slaughter the animal, they would pull the entrails out of the deer and they would drape it around a nearby evergreen as garland, as an offering 
uh, to this sacred and powerful plant. And so I, uh, tree rather. So I suggest if you want to have a a traditional holiday Christmas this year, instead of popcorn and cranberries around your Christmas tree, (laughs) maybe get yourself some like deer entrails and just drape it around the tree. And when people walk in and go, dear God, what is that smell? You can tell them that is the smell of an authentic traditional Christmas. You know, it is deer hunting season here in Minnesota. So, of course, yeah. If you've got your tree up right now, I mean, if you string the entrails up now, by the time we get to Christmas, it'll be nice and ripe in your house. You know what's happening right now? Someone out there is listening, and they're not going to cut in you or me on this. I know this, but they're going, I'm going to make some fake entrails and sell it on eBay and stuff. And people are going to buy this stuff up and, and we're going to be like, oh, they heard it first on Darkness Radio. Yep. And we get nothing. That's Damn right. It. That's right. Well, hey, you're welcome. You're welcome out there. Whoever is currently like, you know, taking nylon stockings or something and making fake entrails. They're well gonna, done. You know what they're going to do? They're going to call it Nordic Garland. And they're, oh. they're not going to they're not going to cut you in, Jeff, because it's right here in your book. Damn it. Nordic Garland. Nordic Garland. I, Tim, we should just stop this right now and just get busy making this thing before <laughs> someone beats right. us to it. That's right. And it's just <laughs> going to look like one big string of of, uh, of intestine. Yeah, that's right. And it'd be like, what? Is, that's disgusting. What is that? Be like, that's traditional Christmas right it's, there. It's Nordic Garland. Love it. Is what it is. That's for sure. Tell you what, at this point, let's take our break. When we come back, let's talk about a few of these monsters that lurk out there in the cold and the dark that surround the holiday season that uh, we may or may not be familiar with and that may be out there getting ready to either beat the spirits out of us or beat our children. We always assume they're getting ready to beat our children. And let's talk about one that's very, very controversial. I'm not going to say the name, but I think you know the play I'm, I'm running here as well. One that is not only controversial in one country, but is controversial in all countries. In fact, sometimes it makes the news in this country. It, this, this character has appeared in parades and also gets its name changed at times because of not only it, it, it's, it's, it's controversy is, is in the name. So we'll, we'll, we'll talk about it, but we'll skip around it gingerly when we come back. Our guest is Jeff Melanger. The book is The Fright Before Christmas, Surviving Krampus and Other Yuletide Monsters. We have a link to it in the description of this program. You better get it quick because it is out of the warehouse. There's no more left in the warehouse, but there is some of the link that we have posted. Again, get it right now. When we come back, oh, those monsters lurking in the dark right here on the best in paranormal programming. This is Darkness Radio. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan. And we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily Daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome back to the Best in Paranormal Programming. This is Darkness Radio. I'm your host, Tim Dennis. Our guest is Jeff Belanger. The book is The Fright Before Christmas, Surviving Krampus and Other Yuletide Monsters. Before we left you at the break, we were talking about those scary things that lurk in the cold, in the dark, that are waiting to get us. And Jeff, there it seems like there's quite a few things that are out there waiting to get us in the dark. We are in dire, dire danger, man. I mean... Like, it's not just one thing. You got like a dozen plus to worry about. Um, the, the chances of us surviving till the new year are slim to none, really, <laughs> I think. Uh, now, when we talk about the things that are that are out there waiting for us, of course, the, as you put it eloquently in the book, there's an origin to it. That of course. You, you, you mentioned it in the first segment. It's the winds that howl out there. Uh, in the dark, it could be spirits of something, not just the fact that the winds are howling through the trees. Um, but then obviously we need to form with the good. There has to be a bad, there has to be a balance, a balance to the force, young Jedi. Of course. Um, and so with the good, which I'll let you explain the good with the bad, um, the good is what, and then the bad is what that, that balances it out. The good is St. Nicholas. St. Nicholas is really the star of the show. Um, born in Myra, modern day Turkey. Uh, he died in, um, 330, I forget the exact year, but it was, you know, centuries ago. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and Nicholas was the patron saint of children, pawnbrokers, sailors. Uh, he was uh, born into a wealthy family. He was orphaned at a young age and he spent his whole life giving everything away because that's what brought him joy. And he became the Bishop of Myra. And when he died on December 6th, which is an important day. Mm -hmm. uh, he was he was uh, basically sainted by the people, not the church. The church had finally gave in later. The church just had to bend to the will of the people. Uh, but so many miracles were associated with Saint Nicholas. He was he was the biggest uh, biblical figure, or not? Excuse me, not biblical. He was the biggest religious figure outside of uh, Jesus, Mary, and Joseph. He he had more churches named after him than the disciples. Wow. So um, like like he blew up. You know what I mean? Like yeah. he absolutely blew up um, all over Europe and he became this sort of beacon of hope. And also, too, you know, you have to realize in in um, in Rome, 
the winter solstice is also the Sol Invictus. Um, you know, it's it's also marks the return of the sun. Mm-hmm. You can look at it uh, from the the downside, which is that it's the shortest day and the longest night, but it also marks the end of the day shrinking. You know, the following day, you get a little bit more daylight. The sun starts to return. Yeah. It's a wheel that rolls out and it rolls back. And so um, so the hope is that, okay, the sun is now going to start coming back. It's going to be cold. we got months of winter ahead, but the sun returns. So there's hope in the season turning to spring. There's hope in St. Nicholas looking out for us, even if uh, we, we have no other hope. Um, Later on, Santa Claus, which, by the way, two different figures. If, if Santa Claus and St. Nick are, are one figure in your mind, I'm asking you right now to separate them like they do in, I don't know, the rest of the world, except the United <laughs> States, right? Uh, St. Nicholas arrives on December 6th. Santa Claus comes on December 25th. Um, so that's um, in America. We've blended them. Um, let's let's cover that real quick before we move sure. on. Why in America have we blended that? Why? What happened well, that we put them together? So um, when the Dutch came, they brought Sinterklaas, right? So Sinterklaas became Americanized to Santa Claus. Um, and it was really just sort of a, a blending where, you know, in, in all over Europe, December 6th is St. Nicholas Day. That's the day that he's celebrated uh, because that's the day he died. December 6th, 343. I looked it up. That's okay. the year he died, 343 AD. Okay. Um, so he that that's St. Nicholas Day. He arrives. He brings presents to the good girls and boys. Christmas Day, December 25th, when Santa comes, that would be a much, much later thing. Um, you know, uh, the 1800s, 1900s is when that really started to take off. So in America, uh, I guess we, we just couldn't be bothered with with December 6th and December 25th became the focus. And of course, you know, Santa Claus is heavily, heavily influenced by St. Nicholas. Yes. Uh, and so in America, I guess we just couldn't be bothered. And we've we've blended the two and used the terms interchangeably. We, you know, the, even the song Jolly Old St. Nicholas, lean your ear this way. Tell me, Santa, what you'll bring on Christmas Day. I mean, you know, we've we've blended it. But in the rest of the world, he's he's two different people. So with the good with St. Nicholas and, and St. Nicholas, when you when you were talking about him and in being involved, not necessarily, but necessarily with the church, um, St. Nicholas has a miracle under his belt, which is oh, a bunch. Uh, but one of them is is akin to Jesus. I mean, can you tell people oh. what this what this miracle is? Because it's pretty darn big. It's disgusting. You it mean is. that one? Yeah, that one. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Boy, huh, there's a theme emerging here already. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, uh, so this, one of the stories attributed to St. Nicholas, one of his miracles, is that there were three children lost in a horrible snowstorm. And uh, they they find a village and there's the only thing open is this butcher shop. And so they, they go into the butcher shop seeking shelter and they notice the butcher shop is empty. There's no real meat for sale or anything. And they ask, can we please take shelter here until the morning and find our folks or whatever? And the butcher says, sure. But then he gets an awful idea and he brings the children in the back and he cuts them up. He kills them. He cuts them into steaks and meat, puts them into salting tubs and places the meat out for sale. St. Nicholas happens by, gets a tingling sense and goes into the butcher shop, sees the meat in the salting tubs and immediately not only knows what that is, but knows who that is. And through the miracle of St. Nicholas, he's able to reconstitute the children back into whole living beings and they're going to be okay, short of needing decades of therapy. (laughs) (laughs) But they're going to live. They're going to live. And then he looks at the butcher 
And he tells the butcher, this is inhuman. You, you Christmas cannibal. How could you do this? From now on, you work for me. You will be my servant. You will be Père Futar, which in France is Father Whipper. No more killing the children. You just beat them at my discretion when they're <laughs> naughty. And, uh, and that's, that's the, so that's the miracle attributed to St. Nicholas. And then the, uh, the origin story of Père Futar over in France. Which is, think, think about it. Okay, that, now that's that's some real supernatural judo right there, right? I mm -hmm. mean, that's 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 like a okay. Now you work for me. It, it's it's there's the good with the bad. There's the there's the balance, right? Yeah, that happens right. with this story because in different countries, in different cultures, there's always the evil that follows the good. There's the balance. Whether you're okay, a hold good on, or hold bad on. child, is it right? evil to punish the bad? Well, right. That, I know that like that's going to take some thought, but I just want to throw that out there. Is it evil to punish the bad? We like to think that all children are good, but just behave badly at times. <laughs> yeah, right. sure. I mean, although I don't know, I've met a few. <laughs> oh, well, think, okay. Yeah, yeah. There I think they were born bad, a couple of them. Yeah, but of course. Of course, you're right. Most people are good. Right. And and have bad moments or bad bad decisions or whatever, um, but are you supposed to get away with those bad moments or should you be slapped on the wrist in some ways? I would think slapped on the wrist, sure. But yeah. but a lot of these bad father whipper Krampus. I mean, this is beyond just a slap on the wrist, Jeff. This is you know. I mean, so stuffing a kid into a basket, taking him up to a mountain lair, cutting him into pieces, and eating him is. That's bad. Uh, I just a, want to know where your line is. That's a that's a little beyond, you know, hey, you're not getting a gift for Christmas. Oh, I see. I see. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah, you're one of yeah, them. Yeah, yeah. I'm one of them. <laughs> no, right. I get it. Hey, when I was a kid growing up, uh, the consequence for bad behavior was you're going to get less presents or you could get no presents. Or then the next down the line is you're going to get coal and sticks in your stocking. Mm -hmm. And and that's that was the the punishment. There was real no real consequence. All through through centuries, St. Nicholas would arrive with some cohort. They work together. They're not enemies, right? Krampus and St. Nicholas would show up at your house together. Cramp, uh, St. Nicholas and uh, uh, Father Whipper and, and you know, uh, Père Futar would show up together. These folks are, are good cop, bad cop. You know, if you're good, you deal with St. Nicholas. If you're bad, you deal with the, the cohort who, you know, by the way, in general, just beat the kids or smacked them or whatever, or tried to get the bad spirits out with a switch of sticks. Uh, it's softened over time, but I think, but, but that's, I mean, look at like the old grim fairy tales, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Before Disney got a hold of them. Yeah. Uh, in, in Cinderella, the stepsisters are trying so hard to put the glass slipper on. One of them cuts her toes off and fills it with blood. The mm. other cuts her heel off and fills it with more blood. Disney didn't do it that way. Right. You know what I mean? Right. So like those are the original stories. I think, I think people were just a little tougher way back then. Um, and these and these these monsters lend themselves to that. They were extreme because they had to be. You mentioned in the book when it comes to Father Whipper specifically in the the source you use that they they still at times use Father Whipper and and that kids look forward to it. I have a photo. I got to interview a French preschool teacher in France, mm -hmm. a very lovely woman, uh, Pauline. And, and she was explaining to me how you know she every December when she was growing up as a kid, St. Nicholas and uh, Père Futar show up together. And she's like, and it still happens. I'll send you a picture from my class last year. You see all these little kids, like five-year-old kids sitting on, on 
padded mats on the floor. And right there is St. Nicholas sitting in one chair. And right next to him is this very dark, covered in hair and, and like fur, uh, you know, uh, Père Futar. And I imagine put yourself in little little five-year-old Timmy's shoes, right? Mm-hmm. And in walks like the Grim Reaper and St. Nicholas. And you don't know which one is there for you. You know what I mean? Like powerful stuff. And see, if we did that in America, you would have lawsuits. You would have people in, yeah. in school council meetings throwing stuff. I uh, know. There'd be fist fights. Um but I think it's coming back, man. Like, okay, the Krampus movies, just one example. Right. And Krampus parades and so on. I think we are bringing it back because we lost all the consequence of, of Christmas. We lost the darkness. You cannot see the light unless you are in a dark place. There's no way, right? If you're at the beach on a sunny day, you ain't seeing the light. The light's everywhere, right? If, if you're in a dark, dark place, only then do you have the opportunity to see the light and go toward it. But do we bring this, this back, Jeff, because... We've taken that power away from parents. We've taken the power away from parents to do this to their own children. (laughs) I I think it's a collective decision, right? And the thing about Christmas is that it is uh, packaged nostalgia and always has been. Mm -hmm. Every year we package it. uh, Hallmark packages it. Everybody else, right? You're allowed to as well. You're allowed to bring in any tradition you want, whatever works for you, right? How, How you want to incorporate Santa Claus or not is up to each individual family. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if uh, in some cultures in South America, they believe the baby Jesus brings the presents, right? So mm-hmm. that's that's how they, you know, they rectify it with, with their religion and belief system. Okay. You are allowed. You are allowed to also bring in the darker monsters uh, because the reality is, Tim, there are monsters in the world. Like, mm-hmm. we have access to the news. They're out there. There yeah. are horrible, horrible monsters. Some of them look just like us, you know? You True. can't tell the difference. They look like regular people until they do unspeakable acts that that make national and international headlines. Um, it's dangerous out there. There was a time. So, for example, in Iceland, right, the, the gorilla is this ogress that comes down from the mountains. They were all these creatures were pushed up into the mountains as people started to settle Iceland. But come the solstice, they come down to collect their rent. Right. Mm-hmm. There's only about four hours of sunlight in Reykjavik around the winter solstice. Go further, further north and it's less. Go all the way to the top and it's you're almost at the Arctic Circle. The sun doesn't rise. And so you tell your children there is a monster out there. If you go out into the woods in the dark at winter in the mountains, there is a literal monster that will kill you. Grilla, unlike all the others, doesn't discriminate. Good kids, bad kids makes no difference. Right. She will eat any of them. And so you tell your kids these stories because the reality is if your kid goes wandering off into the woods in the dark in winter, uh, whether it's the elements that kill your child or the gorilla, does it make one lick of difference? Right. The end result is the same. It's dangerous out there. And I need you to be afraid and I need you to stay inside because this is when we all need to stay inside and hunker down until spring. Well, with the Grilla, it wasn't just the Grilla. The the Grilla had henchmen, right? And and, and the Yule lads and the Yule cat. Oh, God, that whole dysfunctional family there. It's amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there there was a gang that came with it. <laughs> That's know, right. It yeah, and just, they show up uh, yeah. on various days throughout December. Uh, it, it, there's all these cultures have. There was always a dark bringer. In, in just about every culture, uh, you know, because that's that's the time of year. It is literally dark, literally dark. And and I, I think that's the thing we've, we've wandered away from. And think about, too, like how how when you were a kid, like we're about the same age. Yeah. When we were growing up, how long was the Halloween season when you were like 10 year old Tim? 
week or two? Yeah, yeah. Right, right. about it. When is it now? Mid-August. Like you start to see right. stuff in the craft stores in mid-August. Yeah. Come September, this candy corn, right? It it has become like uh, it's it's become the second biggest consumer holiday. We have stretched it. We have embraced the darkness that is Halloween. You get to act and be like a different person, and you get to like tap into this very primal part of who we all are. Mm-hmm. And I think some people love Halloween so much, and they've grown so bitter at Christmas. Maybe they're just like starting to rediscover that the roots of Christmas are way darker than Halloween. Halloween is just about the veil being thin. Ghosts come out. I know ghosts scare scare some people, but my goodness, Christmas could kill you. Oh, it could. I mean, especially with everything you point out here in the book. Book, I think that absolutely could could just frighten someone to death. That's for sure. That's the point. That that is a point. That is a point. Although there's one, uh, one creature in here that wouldn't necessarily frighten you. They actually kind of sound like a creature i'd kind of want to share this dish with you know the one i'm talking about the is it the tompton oh the tompton sure yeah yeah so the tompton is um you know from sweden and, and the, that that region of the world the tompton is a um, is a helper elf that is in all of our homes all of our farms and so on and they help you with chores you may not even realize it but little things get done for you by this helper elf uh, and sometimes they've even been known to keep you in line, slap you around if you're you're getting too lazy or whatever and prod you to, to get out of bed if you're sleeping in too much. And all they ask in return for a year of service is that on uh, on Christmas Eve, you leave out a bowl of Riesengrot, which is this um, sticky sweet rice pudding. And mm-hmm. you leave that that food offering out for this this little magical gnome and and he'll eat it and be grateful and he'll serve you for another year. The worst thing he can do to you is leave. And then you have no help at all. You're literally on your own. And so uh, one of the things I love about that story is that, um, number one, people go like, oh, it's a little pagan for my taste to leave out a food offering for a gnome on Christmas Eve. I'm like, oh, really? How many? (laughs) You've never left cookies and milk out for anybody on Christmas Eve? Just asking for a friend. You know what I mean? Uh, But but when when the elf on the shelf came around, uh, you know, I remember thinking, oh, well, that's borrowed, isn't it? As a matter of fact... You're looking for yours. I got mine right here. I think you'll recognize him. Oh, Snoop! (laughs) Snoop on the stoop! Snoop on the stoop! He's got got a little blunt right there, see? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I follow Snoop Dogg on Instagram. Yeah, If you don't follow Snoop Dogg on Instagram, you should, because it's really, really funny most of the time. It's absolutely hysterical. I keep them year-round, though, back on my my shelf behind me here. That's fair. Yeah. So, I mean, he's a year-round deal. But, um, yeah, I got Snoop on a stoop. Uh, Snoop on the stoop. I I have Krampus on the mantle. Oh, dude. Uh, yeah, that's that's around too. I have him packed away at the moment because I'm I'm doing a story tour and showing him to people. But mm-hmm. um, but yeah, no, the, this this uh, this stuff's coming back. So, but, but what I love about the the Thompson and now really the Elf on the Shelf, right, mm-hmm. uh, is is that it's it's watching, it's monitoring your behavior. This creature monitors your behavior and reports back to a higher power. And if things are going well, you're rewarded. And if things are not going well, you're you're punished. You know, and um, the the Thompson would leave you. Um, I, I I'd probably be a little bit extreme to take some kid's elf on the shelf and say like, "You've been bad, so the elf's gone. Just left, gave up on you, quit oh. on you." Right? I yeah. know, right? I know. <laughs> but that's uh, there used to be tougher love in the world. That's all. Um, but yeah, but no, it, it's it's a it's a cute little story. But um, but yeah, the, the idea that we have magical creatures around us has been around us for many many thousands of years. 
And it whether you want to think that that's a metaphor or or something quite literal, yeah. you know, that's that's up to you. I mean, for some people, elementals and 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 fairies and brownies and fey folk and so on are um are very much a, a reality. So is it that much of a stretch to think about some of these things in in that context? The one thing I really love about the story is you actually have the recipe for the did yeah. you call it the reason group? Reason Reason growth, yeah. Reason growth, so, uh, yeah. Because I figured if someone reads it and and they're uh, and they're like, oh man, uh, I I never knew I had to make it. What do I do? I'm like, well, I'll just give it to you. It's a pretty straightforward, simple recipe. Yeah. Um, and you might notice if you read the recipe, it calls for one almond, mm-hmm. uh, one single almond. And the reason for that, use something else if you have a nut allergy, obviously. But um, uh, when you make it, you people would stick the almond into the bowl just poke it in there and then as you start to scoop it out and serve it to people whoever finds the lucky almond would get like an extra gift or or some sort of treat um you know there's some reward for for getting the almond in your bowl of reason growth you know what i i actually have almonds around from when i was feeding the chipmunks when they were still awake and i i think i may make it on on christmas that's beautiful yeah. i love and, and and you know what you can isn't that cool? Yeah. Right. If there's if this this year and this is an invitation to everybody, whatever you want to do to this this Christmas, if you have if you're like, oh, every year we do this and I hate it. Stop doing it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. If you're like, wow, I have friends or I read in Jeff's book about this holiday tradition. Start doing it. You are allowed this year right now to give it a whirl. And if you love it, keep it. If you don't eh, dump it, do something else next year. You are allowed to define this for yourself. You want to be super religious about it? You can. You want to be completely, uh, you know, uh, secular about it? Go for it, right? Like this, you are allowed to define it. But at the end of the day, I just ask everybody to remember that we all have to get through winter together. We have Mm -hmm. to get through seasonal affective disorder. We have to get through cold weather. We have to get through cars spinning out and hitting telephone poles because they hit black ice. We have to get uh, through our our elderly neighbors who can't shovel their walks because they'll literally have a heart attack. Like, you know, that's you one day. That's your parents one day, your grandparents, whatever. Help, help others. Yep. We, we cannot do this alone, right? Even today, even in our modern times, like that's the takeaway. There are monsters, black ice monsters, heart attack monsters, snowstorm monsters. They are out there. I guarantee it. And if we remember that, if we're reminded, then maybe this holiday starts to mean something again, instead of just endless consumerism and spending and, you know, going broke and getting so angry at it. Don't get angry at it. Take, take the parts you like, dump the parts you don't. Absolutely. So I'm going to have Snoop on a stoop, uh, have a little bit of sticky, icky, icky rice, and uh, I'll, I'll celebrate <laughs> my way. So that's I love I'm that. Doing. Yeah, yeah. He's got to have a little, you know, something to smoke first because that makes the rice a little bit better. Just uh, it makes everything you eat better. <laughs> <laughs> that's for sure. Um, so I want to I want to clarify something when it comes to Krampus. We're all a little familiar with the the Krampus legend. I mean, some of us saw the movie and we get what we got from the movie, but Clarify for us what exactly Krampus is, because I think we think he he shows up and beats people with this or kids with a stick. That's that's what we we I think in America we draw from it. You're bad. You get beat with a stick from Krampus. Oh, is that not it? That's not the original original. So the OG Krampus, right? He's covered in fur. He's got horns. He's got a long red forked tongue. He's got hooves for feet. Uh, He's covered in chains so you can hear him coming. And he carries a scratchy sack or like a basket. And he comes around on December 5th, December 5th, uh, often accompanied by St. Nicholas, St. Nicholas Eve. Or he might come alone. 
and he scoops up the naughty children and he stuffs them in his sack and he brings them back to his mountain lair where they are dealt with most severely up to and including death, if that's what's called for. Now, <clears throat> over time, sometimes it was just, you know, uh, just a beating or whatever, or like hitting them with a switch of sticks. If, if you've, you know, there's, there's misdemeanors and there's felonies, right? <laughs> sure. So you've just been a little bit naughty. Maybe you get, uh, you get just a beating. Now, over time, it evolved. So today, if you go to um, like Krampus runs around Austria, mm-hmm. they, they carry sticks. And if you're standing along the parade route, the Krampuses will run up to you with the sticks and they might like like hit your feet or your legs a little bit, mm-hmm. whack you with a stick. And the point is to drive out the bad spirits, to, to try to, to hit the bad spirits and knock them out of you. So it's really softened quite a bit, you know, over time and, and distance and so on. But Krampus, like any monster, can be what we need him to be. Um, you know, he serves us. That's the thing people forget about monsters, right? Like they, they are here to serve us. They're here to help us. We need them. We need them in our lives as a reminder to, of, of stuff that of consequence that, you know, that, that, that it's dangerous out there and we need consequences, but that's the original Krampus today, you know, fine. He, he's probably more likely to hit you with sticks than eat you, but there was a time boy, there was a time. That's true. I, you know, I, I feel like Dwight Schrute kind of explained the Belschnickel, uh, but we can leave the Belschnickel for the book, I think, we, and, and yeah, let, sure. let people figure that out. Uh, before we leave people today, I, I want to get into darker territory here. We sure. mentioned the good with the bad and St. Nicholas bringing someone along with him that is controversial yeah. or, or dark. And with this, there's Black Peter. Zwarte Piet. Yes. Black Peter, right? Yeah. What what country does this take place in, in Jeff? And explain to people why this is so controversial and, and why it's so controversial even to this day. So the Netherlands, um, you know, Amsterdam and, and, and Dutch country is, is where Black Peter hails from. And the origin story only goes back to really like the mid-1800s when a book was written uh about uh, illustrating how how saint uh, saint nicholas had um freed a more child uh and taken him as more or less his own slave his own servant right his own servant yeah. and and so he would go along with with saint nicholas and he would help deliver toys and if need be he could dole out some punishment as well and so he was he was a naturally dark skinned person. The Dutch were heavily involved in the slave trade mm-hmm. and and continued to do so right up. And, and, and really what broke the Dutch slave trade was the U.S. Civil War. When slavery was abolished here, that's an awful lot of customers that went away. And by that point, most of the world was sort of done with slavery. And um, and so so the bottom sort of fell out and, and they had to get with the times. Yeah. But Black Peter survived. And it's that story on its own isn't so terrible. But what would happen is in St. Nicholas Day parades, Black Peter was in all of them. But he was always depicted by a white person in blackface dressed as like a page boy, like like looking like a, you know. And and so uh, blackface today, no matter how you slice it, is racist. There's no way you can say like, oh, sure, that person's in blackface, but like, there's no, but right. right? There's, right. there's nothing to be said after that. Yeah. And so, uh, so you, you have a country to this day. And I got, to, I know some people very well that, that I've been friends with for years that explained it all to me. And I, I talked to some locals in Amsterdam and, and they said, there, there's, there's one school of camp that says, 
this is a tradition. It's nothing more. It's just a tradition. So what's the problem? And then there's another school that says it's completely racist. Can we stop? Yeah. So they there there's there's different Peters that have evolved now. So now there's Shorstan Pete, which means uh, chimney Pete. And he's not blackface. He's just dirty. He's covered in soot because he goes up and down chimneys. I think that's fine. Mm -hmm. And then there's also now rainbow Pete's. So you so if black Pete is racist, there's also a red one, a blue one, a green one, a yellow one. You know, they they bring all the various colors out of the rainbow. And I think that's trying to soften it. Um, And so you've got some people that are like, hey, we can just evolve this to chimney Pete or, you know, a rainbow Pete and just do away with the racist one. And other people that are screaming, it's tradition. It's it doesn't hurt anybody. What's the problem? And now as recently as last year, there'll be parades and it's up to each community what they're willing to do and not do. Mm -hmm. But when you have like neo-Nazis on one side hailing Black Peter. Right. Uh, and then you've got people on the other side saying, this is racist. Please stop. This isn't what the holiday's about. Yeah. You know, at, at best, the story was about a kid that was sort of enslaved by St. Nicholas. Right. That's yeah. that's the a, a naturally dark skinned child, not not a you know, not someone painted dark. Right. And so uh, so so the best you can do is not great. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, but that but that's the funny thing about traditions is that we hold on to them for good and for bad sometimes. Yeah. And so that's a country that's still sort of struggling with it. And, it, and like you said, it even makes the news over here from time to time as uh, you know, oh, there's another one. And then like fights break out and people are arrested and you go, well, this is just never the intent of this holiday. Right. Um, so it's something that they're, they're still sort of struggling with over there as they, they reckon with their own past with slavery and so on. Yeah. It, and it's, it's tough sometimes to, to get an entire culture to want to change that. I mean, it, it happens over sometimes decades or, or, a long period of time to try to get them to change it or grab onto something new and, and try to change the culture as a whole. It's hard to, and we even know that here in America, it's hard oh, to do to we get, like, it's the same story, right? We, yeah. uh, oh, stop taking down civil war uh, statues in the South, right? Civil war, uh, you know, Confederate uh, generals and so on. So it, it's, it's the same discussion. At what point are you hiding from your past? At what point are you trying to like wash away your own history? And at what point are you just being disrespectful? Mm-hmm. And I get it is a moving needle, right? It's, it's right. very tricky to say like, well, we can't pretend this never happened. That's not the right thing. Right. We can't keep celebrating this thing that's just inherently racist. And, and I think if anyone had a really great answer, Everyone would go, ah, that's it. And we would all do it. Right. But the problem is some people dig their heels in because of tradition. Other people dig their heels in because they're against anything that that speaks of anything that was was negative at any point in time. And as we know, our society doesn't like to find middle ground anymore. Right. (laughs) Right. Right? Like you got to pick a camp and stand in it instead of like going, hey, can we just sort of be reasonable here? Can we acknowledge the past, but not be disrespectful going forward? You know what I mean? Right. Right. And, and I think that's one of the biggest struggles that we all have. Like, nope, damn it. I made up my mind to pick the camp and no turning back now. I mean, look, folks, I'm, I'm here to freely admit I'm a New England Patriots football fan. <laughs> We're terrible, right? This is the worst I've ever seen, right? I'm still a fan of football. I'm not going to quit. But like, you know, some, it's, it becomes like sports. Ah, I like this team. They can do no wrong. Uh, my team's doing lots of wrong. <laughs> you know, in fact, they're doing nothing right. <laughs> the, the biggest winter monster of them all so That's far right. this year is, is yeah. 
there's nothing we fear in New England more than kickoff. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, it's going to be awful. <laughs> don't. Please don't. I like them because we used to be great. <laughs> <laughs> Sundays used to be so easy. Yeah, this used to be like, how much are we going to win by? <laughs> but anyway, but that's it, right? We dig in and 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 maybe there's the what part of the lesson is to say like, let's find the middle again. You know what I mean? Let's let's keep what works. Let's stop what doesn't work. You know, it doesn't mean it never happened. Doesn't mean we never speak of it again. But we evolve. You're allowed to evolve. You're allowed to change and and you know bring in new things every step of the way. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, speaking of New England, uh, you got a podcast out there that we need to talk about before we leave today. I've heard that. Yeah. I've heard that. Yeah. New England legends. We've been, uh, six years now. We've been doing this, this show every week and, um, they're short, uh, scripted without apology, you know, scripted stories about, um, all the various ghosts, monsters, legends, aliens, UFOs, cryptids that lurk all over New England. We, um, it's, it's been a lot of fun. Uh, and at this point it's pretty neat because the audience gives us most of the story leads, mm-hmm. you know, like every little town has got its own unique little thing. And you know it if you grew up there because you heard it. But um, but I didn't. I didn't grow up in your little town. And so uh, it's really cool now that to get this sort of like crowdsourced um, community that's formed around these stories. And yeah, it's we haven't missed a week. It's uh, we're up to 330 something episodes now. So if you like what you hear, there's plenty more to come your way. And if you like to hear the podcast and you have an iPhone, get the Darkness Radio iPhone app. We're uh, on there. New England Legends podcast is on there. It's got its own button. You just hit that button and you can listen to all the episodes of New England Legends. So there you go. Thank you. Yeah, very much so, sir. It's a very good podcast, by the way, folks. You need to check it out. Um, before we go today, Jeff, uh, I also want to talk about the book about Mount Kilimanjaro. Sure. Uh, there's there's uh, there was a lot of a lot of effort in that book. We've talked about it in the past, um, but remind people again why you scaled Mount Kilimanjaro. Yeah, so Kilimanjaro had been on my bucket list for years. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a hiker, and and that's the tallest freestanding mountain. It, it's not a technical climb, but it takes six days to get to the top and two days to get back down. Um, it's in uh, eastern Africa, right around the equator, and it straddles Tanzania and, and Kenya. And the impetus for doing it was that my brother-in-law, Chris, um, got cancer. Um, well, he had cancer. He discovered, he, when it was discovered, he was already stage four and terminal. And it took him over two years to, to pass away. And at, in that time, we got really close. And when he finally did pass away, um, it was just a few months later, I was at an event and a woman from the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society said, hey, we've got a fundraiser coming up. We'd love your help again, Jeff. I'd done stuff for them in the past. And I said, oh, you know, I'm really busy, but if I can help, I'll help. And she said, um, we're going to do an expedition to Mount Kilimanjaro and climb it to raise money to fight cancer. And I was just like, wow. I mean, I, you know, I don't know how many times the universe holds something out on a golden platter, right? Where it's just like this thing I've wanted to do. I'm just a couple of years younger than Chris was when he died. Do something to, to his honor, his memory and raise money for cancer. And I was just like, well, shoot, I, I can't say no to that. Yeah. And uh, it was a life changing experience. It was absolutely um, incredible um, uh, training for it and getting in good shape for it and then doing it. It was life changing. And um, and I think I came back a better person for having gone through all that. And some of the, I mean, even the experiences you had are quite inspirational. So I tell you what, we're going to put a link to that book as well in the well, description of this program so people can get an idea of what it's like to, to go through that kind of journey. Uh, it, I mean, everybody should have some sort of journey in this lifetime that, that changes them. 
and and do something for someone who's inspired them in their life. Um, because really, it's a it's a short life, and and we we need to do something that grows the spirit. I agree, and that I agree. That was one of those things for you that really I think really grew your spirit. Yeah, it did, man. It was it was really something, and um, yeah, you realize we're we're all fellow travelers to the grave, to quote the great Charles Dickens, mm-hmm. and um, and and one final note too on on the Christmas holiday, that that story, a Christmas Carol, yeah. Uh, it's yep. it's the story of redemption, right? Mm-hmm. Redemption that can come in a single night, which is amazing, right? That that you could literally wake up a different person, but only if you run the gauntlet of the ghosts and demons from your own past, from your own present, and what could be in your future if you don't change your ways. You've got to get down into that dark place to see the light. And if Scrooge can change, well, maybe any of us can. And that's the hope. That's right. That's a good note to end on. You address Dickens and A Christmas Carol in the book, but I want to leave that for the book because it's it's such a good chapter and one of thank the last you. chapters in the book. So, Jeff, I want to thank you so much for being with us today. Appreciate it, Tim. It's uh, good to talk to you as always. Good to talk to you as well, my friend. I'd like to thank Jeff Belanger for being our guest today on the show. It was a good talk today. Good conversation today with Jeff. I always love having Jeff stop by the show. I, I miss Jeff. You know, we spent a lot of time on the road together over the years and had a lot of fun times with Jeff. And and it's always fun to, to sit and talk with Jeff, no matter what the subject or, or just uh, joking around with him. Uh, he's a good brother. Love love Jeff. Love, love spending time with him. And we don't get enough time to sit around and talk. And unfortunately, life's too short, you know, and, and it's one of those things where uh, you you get a rare chance to to check in over the years and, and and check in with people and he's just one of my favorite most favorite people in the world so it's uh, it's good to check in with him from time to time and, and see the projects that he he works on and he works incredibly hard folks if you get a chance to check him out while he's on tour with this book uh, he's in the northeast and he's doing a tour of libraries please check him out we have also in the description of this program his website so please go to his website or his social media pages and see where he'll be appearing on tour doing a talk about krampus and other yuletide monsters his talks are incredibly informative and funny he's very funny so please go see him in person as well get a copy of the book in person from him and and just go meet him in person get to know him he's a uh, very uh, lovable and affable guy. So, uh, again, the name of the book, The Fright Before Christmas, Surviving Krampus and Other Yuletide Monsters. The link is in the description of this program. We wish Jeff all the best with this book. Again, it's a beautiful book. Absolutely beautiful book. Uh, please go pick up a copy while you can. There's no more in the in the warehouse. Hopefully, they'll do another printing of this. And they'll do one every year. Uh, because this this should be a perennial favorite for, for everyone. This is just an absolutely wonderful book. A reminder, too, that Thanksgiving comes out today in theaters. You're going to want to go see this movie, folks. Again, I'll give it uh, for horror movies, three out of five stars out of five. For regular movies, uh, three out of five. I, I'm good with one viewing of it. You may, you may love it and want to see it uh, year after year. It's a, it's a good throwback to the old 80s slasher films. I enjoyed it. I think you'll enjoy it, too. Go see it at regular price. I think you'll, you'll enjoy it. Let me know how you liked it. Tim at darknessradio.com.
Just a reminder, folks, go out and have some fun this weekend. Also, be a light in the darkness for someone this weekend. If you can, take a little bit of time, just a short amount of time this weekend to be important to somebody. Again, life is short. But if you can help out somebody, maybe you're at the grocery store this weekend, somebody needs help with their bags, maybe someone needs a helping hand, maybe you can drop off a coat or a warm blanket or mittens or something for somebody. Toy drives are going this weekend as well, and uh, they're out there ringing bells and kettles. Uh, Maybe you can drop off a toy, maybe you can drop off a little bit of cash, maybe you can help wherever you can help, but just be a light in that darkness for someone this weekend. We're in that season. People do need your help. I know uh, people are giving away turkeys, they're giving away food for Thanksgiving, food shelves are in need as well. It's that season, folks. We all need each other, like Jeff was talking about. It's a cold, long winter, and this is when communities really do need to pull together and help each other out. We are in dire financial need. All of us are at this time. But, you know, if we do kind of bind together and get together, we can all make it through this cold winter together. I really do believe that. So no matter how much each one of us has, all of us can do it together. And I believe, I do strongly believe in community. And I do believe in the power of all of us as one, that we all can, we all can do this together. So. With that, I want to thank each and every one of you and, and put that attitude of gratitude out there. I'm, I'm grateful for each and every one of you that listens each and every week to the show. I know not every topic is, is necessarily your topic, but I appreciate you for checking out each and every show that you check out. And again, I welcome your ideas. Any guests that you're looking forward to or want to hear on this show, drop me a line, Tim at darknessradio.com. I welcome all your ideas for topics, or if you have a news story or you have a parisher experience that you want to share with us, you can write me a line, Tim at darknessradio.com, or if you want to hear your lovely voice on air on Wednesday's parisher segment, you can drop us a voice note. Go to darknessradioshow.com, click on that blue button on the right-hand side, and leave us a voice note. You have two minutes to do so. If you run out of time, just click on that blue button again. You'll get another two minutes. I'll stitch it together and we'll play your voice note on the show on Wednesday. We'd love to hear your lovely voice. I always love it when we get voice notes because then that way we can hear you in your voice tell your story. I always get a kick out of that. So if you've got a story that you want to tell us yourself, go to darknessradioshow.com. Click on that blue button. We'd love to hear you. That'll do it for this week. For Beer City Bruiser, for Mally Fox, and for Jess, I'm Tim Dennis. Thank you so much for tuning in to the best in paranormal programming. We'll see you again next week on Darkness Radio. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. (laughs) 
Chumba. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You've worked hard for what you have. Your money, your assets, your 401k, and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com aware. Terms apply. This is your invitation to a masterclass in engineering and design. Your ticket to go from zero to 60 with the Lexus Performance Line. A feeling this dynamic is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the exhilaration of the Lexus Performance Line and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. 
This is your invitation to the intersection of versatility and design. The kind of experience you can only find in a Lexus SUV. A feeling this empowering is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the versatility of the complete line of Lexus SUVs and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. This is your invitation to the intersection of versatility and design. The kind of experience you can only find in a Lexus SUV. A feeling this empowering is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the versatility of the complete line of Lexus SUVs and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. This is your invitation to a masterclass in engineering and design. Your ticket to go from zero to 60 with the Lexus Performance Line. A feeling this dynamic is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the exhilaration of the Lexus Performance Line and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. This is your invitation to the intersection of versatility and design. The kind of experience you can only find in a Lexus SUV. A feeling this empowering is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the versatility of the complete line of Lexus SUVs and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. This is your invitation to the intersection of versatility and design. The kind of experience you can only find in a Lexus SUV. A feeling this empowering is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the versatility of the complete line of Lexus SUVs and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer.